Newer photographers may be only looking at the action or what is happening and not paying attention to the more technical aspects of the photograph, which is probably about 95% of what makes an image a really, really good image. Hey there, welcome to the Complete Wedding Photography for Couples podcast. Do you know that the number one regret for most couples after their wedding is usually their photographs? Tammy will share all the knowledge and expertise she has gained over the years to help you get the very best wedding images from your photographer. The conversations on this podcast are going to help you understand how almost every decision you make for your wedding day directly affects your photographer. Tammy is going to give you the knowledge and awareness you need to create a nearly perfect position for your photographer to be in on your wedding day. And that means better images for you to remember your special milestone. Tammy Blaylock is an internationally awarded, nationally featured wedding photographer and published author. Since 2010, she has excelled in helping each of her couples capture beautiful, emotive images from their big day. Tammy wants your wedding day to be as perfect as you do. So tune in and listen up, because this episode's about to begin. Hello. Welcome to my podcast. Hopefully, I am welcoming you back because you've been a faithful listener. At any rate, I just want to thank you so much for listening today. My goal is to share something with you to improve your wedding day images and experience. By the way, have you subscribed yet? Hey, if you are enjoying this podcast, you might also love my book. It's available on Amazon. It's prime eligible, and I will include a link to that in the show notes. I am gearing up to attend um, this year's WPPI. I am leaving in about 11 days. This is a huge uh, wedding and portrait photography conference in Las Vegas, I am so excited to go because I've missed the last two years uh, due to COVID and they have actually had the conference the last two years. So it was just a personal choice for me not to go, but I am going this year and I can't wait. I'm especially looking forward to the photo composition. They have a live image competition that you get to watch the judges judge every image in the competition, and you get to hear that live feedback from the panel of judges. Sometimes you get to hear all five judges speak about an image if it is contested. I can't remember the exact terminology they use for that, but there's rules that if like the the image scores right on the cusp of one of the tiers of the judging categories, One of the judges, if there's a certain number of point spreads, the other judge can contest it. And then it goes all into like a a re-judging. And before the judges submit their numbers, I think they can each try to like speak why they think it should judge high or low and that other judges can rebuttal. And it, it just gets really interesting when an image goes into that contested mode. You learn a lot about the image. And you learn a lot from that panel of judges. And I often tell all of my friends and colleagues in the photography industry that I learn so much from that live print competition 
a lot of times more than I love sitting through any of the classes. But let's jump right into today's topic. And I want to discuss with you things that I'm looking at through my camera's viewfinder when I'm working on wedding days, or actually when I'm just taking pictures of anything. And this is important to your wedding day photos because this kind of demonstrates the more a photographer knows about their camera, the more comfortable a photographer is with their equipment and their camera, the quicker they can make changes on the fly and knows what those settings do and how they affect the image they are taking and how those changes will tell the story they're trying to convey. This is also important because a lot of what I do when I'm looking through my viewfinder has become a habit over time. I've been doing this since 2010, and that's really important because I have almost 12 years experience of being a professional photographer and shooting weddings. And these habits or skills I have developed over time. And a less experienced photographer is not going to be looking at all these things through their viewfinder while making every single image. You know, they might be more inclined to just chimp a lot. Chimp. That's what I said. Not chimp a lot. That sounds like one word. Chimp a lot. Three words. This means they'll just take a picture and instantly look at the back of the camera to see if they like it. So what I'm referring to is actually looking at settings and feedback inside the viewfinder, doing this rather than just chimping comes with years and years of practice. And these are things in addition to the actual image that I'm photographing that I'm doing and newer photographers may not be doing. Newer photographers may be only looking at the action or what is happening and not paying attention to the more technical aspects of the photograph, which is probably about 95% of what makes an image a really, really good image. And I know this because that is exactly where I started back in 2010. So I am speaking from actual experience. And the more you know about photography, the more stressful it becomes and the less confident you become in your skills. There's actually a name for this. It's known as the Dunning-Kruger effect. When you are first starting out with photography, you don't realize or understand the multitude of complexities about photography. It's actually referred to as being on Mount Stupid, not just in photography, but in any area of specialty knowledge. In 1999, ooh, there's a reference to Prince. Um, there were two photographers known as Professor Dunning and Professor Kruger, and they published a paper called Unskilled and Unaware of It how difficulties in recognizing one's own incompetence lead to inflated self-assessments. And in this paper that they wrote and the study they conducted, they prove 
that there's a phenomenon of people who have very little knowledge on a particular subject, how they are very confident and very outspoken on that subject, and how this lack of knowledge leads to two things. First, they have very little idea of what they are actually doing or talking about. And second, their sense of confidence makes it impossible for them to realize just how little they actually know. All right, so remember that. The Dunning-Kruger effect and Mount Stupid, um, which I spend a lot of time on Mount Stupid, even still to this day. There's so much about photography that I don't know. So I'm still learning, and I am not afraid to say that. Photography is a very, very complex subject. And had I known how complex it was, I have to confess that I would have been very intimidated to enter into this career choice probably from the beginning had I known. I'm glad that I didn't. All right, so let's discuss what I am looking at when I am looking through the viewfinder in my camera. First of all, there are various little details like my battery level, the remaining number of images that I can fit on my memory card, what metering mode I might be in, whether it be spot, center weighted, or evaluative, and what my exact exposure settings are, my shutter speed, my ISO, and my aperture. And I just might add that I change these on the fly most of the time because I'm shooting in manual mode. I shoot in manual mode about 99% of the time. So I can see my shutter speed, ISO, and aperture when I look through my viewfinder. Okay, so let's talk about the exact things that I'm looking at. Let's discuss the light meter. The light meter used to be a separate piece of equipment for photographers that they had to carry around in addition to their camera. But now with digital cameras, it's built right in. And each image that I take, I need to make sure it's properly exposed so that I don't overexpose my highlights or clip my shadows. Shadows and highlights are important to make sure that the image contains all of the necessary information in it to tell the story. So I have to constantly keep my eye on that light meter for every image because the light is constantly changing. Even if I'm indoors, I have to watch that light meter every time I take a picture. I also need to watch my focus mode. My camera that I'm using has nine different focusing modes. And on most wedding days, I use all but two of them. And sometimes if there are pets or fur babies involved, I might use those last two focusing modes as well. And I have to know when I need to use what focusing modes in what situation. And there's a best scenario for each of those focusing methods. However, I'm always in continuous focus. I don't ever use single focus my camera is always continuously focusing. This new camera has taken me some getting used to. I've been using it since August of last year because on my old DSLR cameras, 
I only ever used one focusing method and that was a single point focus. And I would just toggle that single point focus all around my viewfinder, um, using it. And so now I'm actually using all of the focusing methods on my new mirrorless camera. Okay. Another thing that I'm looking at through my viewfinder is what is happening, the action. And this is just as important as everything else, watching what is happening and being able to react quickly and sometimes even predict what's going to happen based on body language or mannerisms or listening to what's being said or just wedding or people experience in general. Uh, I mentioned this briefly with the light meter, but light, I'm constantly also watching the light again, even if I'm indoors, where is the light coming from? Are clouds moving? Are tree limbs blowing and swaying in the wind? You know, are the shadows moving? Did someone turn on another light? Did someone shut a door or close a curtain? Did someone block the light and stand in front of the TV to block the light that the TV was casting? I'm constantly watching and observing the light sources. I also might be paying attention to obstructions. Are there trees or limbs or power lines or is the horizon? Is anything intersecting with my subject's head? This is a huge no-no. Is there trash or photo bombers or cars or anything going on in the background or the foreground of my photo that is going to be a a distraction in my image or on the ground or the grass or the sky or anything that will not lend well to how I want to tell the story or will it help tell my story? Do I want to include it? And if if it's not going to lend well to telling my story, Can I remove the obstruction in camera? And if I can't remove the obstruction in camera, will I be able to remove it in post-processing? And if I can, how difficult will that be? If it's going to be super difficult, do I just want to give up on this angle or perspective and try from somewhere else? Another thing that I'm looking at through my viewfinder is negative space. I always want to try to put my subject in the cleanest part of the photo. So is there negative space in the frame that I can put my subjects in? Edges. I'm constantly scanning the edges in my viewfinder to make sure that they are clean. I quickly scan all four edges of the image in camera to check for clean edges just quickly gauging, can I make a tiny micro adjustment with my feet or just by moving up or down or left or right to make the images clean? And lastly, outside the viewfinder. So those are all things that I'm looking at and observing and watching inside the viewfinder. But while I'm doing all that, outside the viewfinder, I'm listening with my ears Is there something going on that's more important than what I'm watching inside my viewfinder? And then I'm also watching my subject's face and eyes to see what they are reacting to, because that might also give me a clue 
that there's something going on more important than what I am currently trying to photograph. So that is the recipe that goes into me making every single image I take. It's a complicated one for sure, but it's taking me years of experience and shooting thousands and thousands and thousands of images to get to this point. And this is the part of what you are paying for when you hire a wedding photographer who's been around the block. And this is how better wedding images are made. Henry Cartier-Bresson once said, your first 10,000 photographs are your worst. And I would add that your first 100,000 photographs are your worst. And maybe even your first 500,000 photographs are your worst. Because we are no longer taking images on a film. Well, some, some wedding photographers are. But most of us are shooting images on a digital camera. And we are just, for all intents and purposes... Not, not all of us, but a lot of photographers are just spraying and praying and not really putting in that much thought to making each photograph. Whereas in the purely film age, where you had only 12 exposures on a roll of film or 24 exposures on a roll of film, you couldn't just spray and pray. You had to make sure that each of those exposures on your roll of film, that you put in all of that thought to making each image. In the film age, your first 10,000 photographs were your worst. And I don't know how to equate that to the digital age, but I would say at least your first half million photographs, you are still learning. You are still learning to perfect your craft maybe even your first million. I don't know, but it's a lot. And this just goes back to the old cliche. This adds a lot of meat and bones and potatoes to that. You get what you pay for. All right, guys, that is it for today. If you want to support my show or buy me a coffee, all you have to do is hit that support the show link at the bottom of the show notes. I cannot tell you how much I would appreciate that. If you love the episode today, if you learned something, if you want to share the knowledge in this episode with someone else, share a screenshot on Instagram and tag either Complete Wedding Ed or Add a Girl Photo. That will help me spread my word with more listeners. I would appreciate that as well. You can also just tell your engaged friends about the book or the podcast. That would also help me. You can visit both of my websites, completeweddinged.com or atagirlphoto.com. Again, all those links are in my show notes. If you ever have a topic you want me to cover or a specific question you want me to answer, all you have to do is send me an email at tammy at atagirlphoto.com. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you have an absolute wonderful day. I will catch you next time. Adios. Thank you for listening to the Complete Wedding Photography for Couples podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time, and we hope that you learned something to make your wedding photographs better and your wedding day less stressful. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts so others just like you can set their wedding photographer up for success. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you again during the next episode.